If you want to see who a person really is, go through a divorce. Or go, <laughs> yeah. through, or, or go through a breakup, you know. Yeah. That's what, that's when the, the true nature of the person comes out. You know, the problem with so many relationships, again, especially today, because we're all trying to juggle so many things in our lives, is people, you know, the relationship goes south and there's a breakup that's in a intimate and imminent and we see this side of the other person you know that we hadn't seen before and yet so many people either one reconcile or try to reconcile even having seen the red flags now of what that person's true feelings and real behavior is behind their toxicity and their caustic nature you know when that's revealed we're surprised but not really You're listening to the What's Up with DJ podcast with your host and personal development coach, David DJ Lloyd Jr. Each week, he brings you current events and trending topics from a spiritual perspective, including career development, finance, holistic living, and life hacks, along with stories that invoke humor and inspiration. So if you're ready, let's join the conversation. Here's DJ. My guest this week is Branch E. Soleil. He's the author of 22 books, poet and storyteller. He's known worldwide for contemporary short stories and that reveal emotions and issues often experienced but not always voiced. Branch graduated from Texas State University, received his postgraduate work at University of Houston, and holds an Oxford Master's Theology degree from Trinity Bible College and Seminary. On YouTube, Brent shares informative steps to build frameworks that support career, personal, and spiritual growth. On his website, www.branchesolate.com, he posts a thought for the day, short stories, and articles. Brent writes about strength of choice, to change consequences. Hey, how are you doing today, sir? Good afternoon, GJ. What's up? <laughs> yes. I to say that. <laughs> Thank you. You know, I love it. I love it. You know, and I see that logo all the time because I'm constantly, you know, I'm editing and doing things with it. So it's like it's like in the back of my head. I think I wake up in the middle of the night thinking, what's up with DJ? <laughs> like, what is what with me? You know? So, what? So your your background. You have a long, um, uh, you know, uh, education in theology and seminary. Um, looking at your uh, background in terms of, uh, I mean, I, I don't know what your degree in at Texas State University was, but I'm assuming that it had something to do with uh, with uh, theology or with personal development, even probably your uh, postgraduate degree. Actually, my Texas State degree is a Bachelor of Science. I was a teacher, a okay. public school teacher. I taught um, middle school and high school, and then I went into public school administration. I was an assistant principal. Mm-hmm. And um, my graduate, my University of Houston postgraduate degree was in uh, educational administration. So those two, you know, happened at the same time. The theology degree came 
uh, a lifetime later, I was, I was moved just to go back to school. I got onto a spiritual path about halfway through my life and decided I needed to change my life. So the spiritual path led me in a different direction than the corporate path and the entrepreneur path, you know, that I had been on. And with, with the uh, study came the degree and, and then came the writing. Okay. Okay. That's, that's great, man. So, um, so what happened in your life that made you feel as though you wanted to uh, put spirituality at the forefront of your life? Wow. Well, you know, I grew up in the 50s in a military family and uh, went to college and after college was in the corporate world. And I was quite successful, but, you know, I always felt something was missing. I was I was on that corporate treadmill and and uh, devoting all of my time, you know, to climbing the ladder and, and doing the things I needed to do to get ahead. And along the way, I was embracing the ways of the world. <laughs> and like many people, I found out that, you know, some of my choices uh, were not really in my best interests. And so I just decided to leave that world. And, and when I did, uh, I went into the world of entrepreneurship. I was a founder and partner in five different startup small businesses. And so... You know, that requires a whole lot different kind of responsibilities um, than being an employee for, for a large corporation. So mm. along with that and my spiritual journey, you know, I was trying to discover what truth was and what it really meant to me in terms of how I responded to the people and the events in my life. And, you know, when I was walking the world's path, I was responding the way I thought the world wanted me to respond and the costs of that, you know, that mask that I wore and the person that I present became very costly. So, so I decided to, you know, leave that world behind and go in a different direction. That's how I got onto the, the spiritual mm -hmm. path. And, um, it, you know, it, like most people who get on the path and stay on the path, it made a big difference to me. And when I realized you know, what I was now embracing and the benefits, there was no going back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Once you taste a little bit of it, you, <laughs> you just know that this is, this is right. You know, and, um, I think like that I've spoken to have had an experience where they are, you know, uh, having a corporate, you know, a very successful career, but it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't make them, it doesn't fill them up. And, and you still have those questions. And, and once you, you know, begin to look and you begin getting answers, um, you want to keep on digging for more answers. And um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not making it seem as though it was an easy way, you know, because a wrap the spiritual a, a path on spirituality is, is I think is more it's more daunting than sometimes than it is just not being mindful at all of your spiritual life, you know? So, uh, so yeah, so I, I definitely think that's a great thing with someone to decides to put the spirituality first, um, when they could have just said, you know, 
ignore if they can if they can say they just you know ignore i think that's a, a bad very bad decision to to ignore if you're uh one of those individuals that have to respond well you know like bob dylan said you're gonna have to serve somebody it may be the <laughs> lord or it may be the devil but you're gonna have to serve somebody yeah you know yeah, it, it hopefully the one works out for you better than the other. <laughs> well, so, generally it does. Uh, generally it does, you know. But you have to, you embrace one or the other, and when right. we embrace something, you know, we become impassioned about it. And the more passionate about it we become, the more invested we become. And so, you know, it, it's a path. And like you say, it, it's not an overnight. Either one is, is a path that's not overnight. You know, we build as we grow and as we age, and um, we build upon the things that we know and the things that we've done. And, and, you know, for every one of us, some of those are good, some are bad, and some are plain right ugly. And, uh -huh. you know, we, we have to make a choice. And, and as you alluded to in the introduction, you know, that's what my writing is about, is for every choice we make, there's a consequence. And... You know, that consequence has benefits, but it also can have some downside to it. And and a lot of people, you know, get in a situation or get in repetitive situations where they make poor choices and the fallout but the consequences, you know, are very dire and sometimes mm -hmm. very dangerous. And yeah. so they're not often sure, okay, how do I get out of this? And then what do we do once I get out of it? So choice and consequence yeah yeah and you coach people um and provide spiritual um support um to your clients and uh and what kind of support do you provide them and what kind of issues do you help people um resolve or you know wow. support comfort well, you know, mo most of my work is done through my writing, through books and articles and, and podcasts, actually. And um, uh, the things that I focus on are uh, spiritual grounding and growth is, is the first one. That's the big one. And then relationships, developing, you know, good relationships, repairing damaged relationships, and then I uh, help with uh, work-life balance for some folks who are trying to make that career happen for them without sacrificing, you know, family and, and home and leisure. And then, of course, one that's always popular today is avoiding uh, adversities, you know, uh -huh. stepping around that hole instead of trying to dig ourselves out. And then I, uh, my a lot of my work now privately is about end time events and, and Bible prophecy. So those mm -hmm. are kind of the five areas that I focus on with, with people and listeners and readers. And so for your relationships and I always say the thing that we, uh, I think we said, I said to you before and in, in another one, we talked before that the thing that we, we teach is the thing that we, we most want you no know, need to learn and, you know, and one of the things that uh, I'm, I'm interested to find out is about, you know, you know, your 
about relationships and how you help people with relationships. And in order to really help anybody with anything, you have to have been, you have to have go through something yourself. You have to have been through something yourself that you've got beyond in order to help someone else get through whatever they're going through. So what maybe are some of the things that you've helped others with? And, you know, it's a double barrel question. <laughs> you have others with and also some of the things that you've been through in relationships. Well, you know, like most people, um, we go into every relationship sort of with eyes wide open, but we always go in trying to put our best foot forward, just like you do in a job interview. But it's only when you've been on the job or you've been in the relationship that we actually, A, start to learn about the other person and B, start to reveal things about ourselves and so, you know, as our relationships grow, and whether it's a personal or an intimate relationship, or whether it's a relationship, you know, as part of a team in a career or a work situation, the more we are with people, the more we learn about people and, and the more about we learn about their lives and their thoughts and ideas and what makes them tick. That being said, we always keep something back you know everyone has an agenda and when people come into your life it's good to realize that no matter who they may seem to be they have an agenda for their life too and and they want something generally from you that will help them you know move forward or do what they're trying to accomplish in their life so keeping that thought in mind allows you to keep a balance, you know, between how much you get invested and how much you reveal. Um, if we know one, one thing about living in today's world with social media and instant access is that everything you say or do and let be recorded, you know, can be shown to the world and come back to haunt you to bring those skeletons out of the closet. So you have to be, you know, you have to be open, but you also have to be guarded with people today. Uh -huh. And that's what happens in relationships. You know, we, we start to divulge information about ourselves to the people who are important to us and who we care about. And the deeper we get into the relationship, you know, the more we allow them to know about us. But the question becomes, Am I really allowing myself to be vulnerable to this person? And do I trust them enough with this information to want to grow with them? And that's sort of the core of every relationship is it's about growth so that I can grow as an individual, but so that we can grow, you know, as a couple or family or team. And so to contribute to that growth, I have to be vulnerable. And a lot of people, that's very difficult for them to sort of reveal the inner self, you know, who they who they really are, not necessarily who they present themselves to us to be. Uh -huh. And I think this is why, you know, relationships have a tendency to be strained or crumble because when we are willing to reveal our true self to them, it's like you said, you know, that forces us to look at something 
that we struggle with or that, that we see as a fault. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that growth, for that growth to take place, it's got to be, we've got to be able to reveal both the good and the not so good and, and grow through that. And that's what relationships are about, is having someone to help grow through the things that are tough for you. You know, in the ideal situation in a relationship, we have balance, right? 50-50 would be the ideal situation. But we never have that 50-50 balance. It, it can't be that even and that equitable at all times. So I often encourage people, especially in you know, relationships, personal relationships and intimate relationships who are struggling is you want to get that balance as close to 50-50 as you can. So let's say 49-51 would be ideal. But what that means is when there's a decision to be made in our family or, you know, with my spouse, and it's critical for our growth as a couple, then we both need to be involved. We both need to have an opportunity to put our two cents in. And we've come to a place where, you know, I know what her strengths are and she knows what my strengths are. We also know each other's weaknesses. So when we face a situation where we've got to make a choice for the family, we discuss it and we talk about all the good we see, all the bad we see, and all the ugly we see in it. And whichever one of us has most strength takes the lead and the other one becomes the support and the cheerleader. And sometimes that's me and some, most of the time it's her, but uh, you know, she's just a very strong person. So uh, in the beginning of any relationship, it's hard for the man particularly to sometimes take that backseat role. But once you realize that your partner has our best interest, at heart, not just her best interest or his best interest, but our best interest, it becomes easier to encourage them to take the lead, you know, and do the heavy lifting and the hard legwork that needs to be done to get us down that path so that we can make the best choice possible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what I gather from what you said is, is that, you know, um, being open and honest about who you are, not only in the beginning of the relationship, but as the relationship continues to grow. If you want to see who a person really is, go through a divorce. Or go, <laughs> yeah. through, or, or go through a breakup, you know. Yeah. That's, that's when the, the true nature of the person comes out. You know, the problem with so many relationships, again, especially today, because we're all trying to juggle so many things in our lives is people, you know, the relationship goes south and there's a breakup that's intimate and imminent. And we see this side of the other person, you know, that we hadn't seen before. And yet so many people either one reconcile or try to reconcile, even having seen the red flags now of what that person's true feelings and real behavior is behind their toxicity and their caustic nature. You know, when that's revealed, we're surprised, but not really, because we often see it coming, you know, as the relationship evolves or devolves. 
And so for people who go through a, a bad breakup and then go back with that person, um, you know, it can, it can only get worse because people generally don't want to change. In order to change, it's like you said before, I have to look at myself and I have to look at, you know, what I've done to contribute to this situation, be it good or not so good. And if I'm willing to look at, you know, what I've contributed to it, then there's a chance for me to grow and become a better person and become a better person in the relationship. And yeah, those are I mean, that's choices to make. <laughs> those are a lot of issues because, you know, one thing you mentioned was when you are um, you come into a relationship and you have problems of your own. And, you know, I, I, I feel as though people do into relationships to work out their own internal stuff. And that's one thing that a relationship, I think, does provide. You know, it's a chance for you to see, um, for a per, you know, the, the person that you're with is always with you. They're they're You know, if you're in a, a, a marriage that's really about um, love and, and compassion and support, you're always there with that particular person. You're, you sleep with them. You have children with them. You have bills with them. You share a home with them. So they see all your stuff. They see all the issues that you have, all your personality conflicts, all of your hypocrisy, all these things. That they have a front row seat to all these things. And if someone sees your, you know, where you are not consistent, then they're going to tell you, <laughs> they're going to tell you and it's up to you to um, believe them. Now, if I'm you no know, married to someone and um, we're sharing our lives, then um, the person that I want to opinion that I think I would need to trust the most would be that person who has a front row seat to to my life but unfortunately that doesn't happen people do not get in, in a relationship with someone married to someone who advice they can take or they trust which is so odd to me well we all come out of childhood you know damaged so to some degree and we bring with us into adulthood all of those things all of those aspects of our personality that make us who we are as adults. And all of us have some insecurity, you know, that we carry with us. And as long as that insecurity has a hold on us in terms of who we see ourselves as, you know, in most insecurities, we don't show to the world nor do we show to our partner. That takes time. It takes time for us to get a hold of it, get a grasp on it, and realize that we can get through it. And like you said, that's hopefully what the person you know, you're sharing your life with, hopefully they can help you with your weaknesses through their strengths. But you have to be vulnerable. You have to vocalize those things. And you have to agree that You know, nobody is perfect. We've all made mistakes. We've all done things that we're ashamed or embarrassed by. And we don't want to go back to that place. Once we can reveal that to somebody else, after we've revealed it to ourselves, and that's the key, I have to deal with my insecurities. Um, you know, I'm, I'm short. I'm overweight. I'm balding. 
And if those things keep control of me, then I'm always grappling with that. If I can come to grips with those things and realize that's part of who I am, but there are other parts of who I am that are good and benevolent and loving and caring and focus on being that person and get over, you know, the thing that bugs me about myself, if I can come to grips with that insecurity, then I can continue to grow. The person I'm with already knows those things about me. I mean, you know, they, they wake up with you in the morning and see you at your kind of your worst, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so they already know that. So it's, it's my stuff I have to come to grips with, you know, and if I can do that, then I can grow. I can become stronger as an individual and as a person, you know, in a relationship and a better employee. And my people, my, you know, my people, my family, my workers, the people I spend my time with in my life can also see that part of me. And that's the part we enjoy about other people. You know, we don't really care about the teeth that they're missing if we enjoy them in our life and have fun with them. I mean, we see the good things in people. It's only when we're disgusted with them that we go looking for the bad things, Mm. the bad traits, you know. Did you just say that the teeth are missing? (laughs) Um, I've got a a neighbor who comes in and buys eggs from me. He's such a great guy, but he's missing all of his lower teeth. When I talk to him, I'm focused on those missing teeth and thinking, you know, dude, why don't you get some faults? But he's he's such a great guy, you know, so it's just a visual thing. My folks are here, but I'm really enjoying his company. So, Uh, you know, it doesn't bother him, so it certainly shouldn't bother me. Yeah, yeah. Life is about relationships, and we all want good, positive, loving, caring relationships. That's our nature as human beings. It, 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 you know, when we focus on the negative stuff, that's our stuff. You know, we're mm-hmm. trying to get over our own insecurities and faults and, and things that bug us about ourselves, just like you said a minute ago. Have, especially something in a, a committed relationship, is a spiritual testimony in itself. And you, if you go in with that understanding, then I think you get much better results than going in with some 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 you know some Hollywood idea of what a relationship supposed to be. Sure, you know, spirituality is is the core of who we are. Uh, we don't always realize it or want to admit it, but you know, God is spirit, and if God is the creator of the universe, then we too are part of His creation. So we are spirit, and when we innately are born with a spirit. We're a combination of mind, body, soul, and spirit. So spirituality is innately part of us as human beings. However, you know, because we grow up in societies, legalistic societies, that focus on the how of right and wrong, or more often reward and punishment, when we don't have that we, we, we have not reestablished that spiritual connection 
that is part of our origination, we don't understand the why. And the why is the morality and the ethics, which are the character and nature of God himself, morality and ethics. When we have that spiritual connection, then we understand not only the how, which pertains to me, the individual here in this world, but I also now have a knowledge of the why, which is the morals and the ethics, which allows me to step outside of my own self and what's important to me or what's in it for me and better understand how it affects other people. You know, how do my actions affect my family, my spouse, my coworkers, my employer, my community, my world? And without that spiritual grounding, we miss the why part. We miss the part about being a moral and ethical person in our choices and our behavior. And if we've not got that spiritual connection, all we understand is the how. What's in it for me? How do I get what I want? And it's either going to be a reward for me or a punishment. And that's a, that's a tough way to live our lives. That's why, as you say, spiritual maturity is so important because it helps you become a better you, a better person, a better husband, a better father, a better wife, a better employee, a better friend. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Everything you said was definitely on point. I mean, that's that's the key to it. It's, it's that's if everyone went in to their relationships with that perspective, we wouldn't have such a high divorce rate, you know, and a lot of people wouldn't be married to people that they really should be married to in the first place <laughs> if they went in there with that perspective. But, you know, life is a lesson in itself. Life is a, is a lesson in terms of of you meeting someone and it may not work out, but still there's a lesson in, in that, you know. So one last question. I want to talk a little bit about the bucket list, you know, and the item that many people ignore. <laughs> and um, and I want to to get every, everyone has a bucket list. Everyone has the things they want to achieve. They want to do before they leave this earth. You know, there's, a, there's even a, a movie about it with, with Morgan Freeman about the bucket list. And I even have my like, I want to go to this country. And I want to I want to have this kind of car before, you know, before it's all said and done. But you say there's one item that many people ignore. And what do you, what is that item? What is that thing that people do not uh, seem to include on their bucket list? Well, our bucket list is, is, like you say, it's about our wishes, our wants, our desires, right? The things in this life that we want to experience before our last breath. But what about after that last breath? You know, what comes next? for you. And I think that's the item that many ignore or haven't thought about or don't have on their bucket list. So my suggestion is add that to your bucket list. You know, what about after that last breath? What does that look like? Where am I going to be? And, you know, some people think heaven, some people think hell, some people just think it's over and oblivion. But the question becomes, if I want it to be, or if I believe that it's going to be heaven, then how am I going to ensure that that last bucket list item 
is as achievable as all of the ones that I achieved before I took that last breath. And so, mm. you know, there's a process to, to making sure that happens. And this is what the, this is why the love of God is so great and so benevolent is he makes it very simple. We don't have to do a lot. We only have to do one thing. We have to invite Jesus Christ into our life. And when we do that, his love is so great that we don't have to do anything else. When we give him that invitation and ask him to come into our lives, he does so. And he does so by sending us his Holy Spirit to live and be within our soul, to abide with our spirit. And once we have his spirit, from that moment on, every time we have a choice, or a decision to make, we have the right and the privilege to ask him for guidance, for instruction, for help. And so when we've got that choice to make, we say, well, what would Jesus do in this same situation? And when we ask that question, his spirit living within us will give us the answer. It will show us the consequences of the choice that we're about to make. And we can choose to do what we want to do. That's what I call choosing the world's way. Or we can choose what Jesus would do. That is what God would have us do. And he always has our best interests at heart. We can make that choice. And in either case, whatever we choose, he will still love us and be ready again to respond the next time we ask. But if we choose to respond the way Christ would respond in that same situation, then we have reaffirmed to ourselves that he is the way and the truth and the life. And I'll leave your listeners with this. The one thing you need to do before you take your last breath is you need to read, understand, and believe what Romans 10, that's the book of Romans, chapter 10, verses 9, 10, 13, and 17 say. And if you will read that and understand it, no matter how you live your life from this moment on, your sins will be covered, your spirit will be saved, and you will have achieved that last breath bucket list item but uh but yes you need to add romans to i want to read that definitely uh you said romans uh romans, chapter romans 10 chapter 10 verses 9 10 13 and 17 okay all right okay all right i'm writing it down people i'm writing it down well, I'm so glad that you enjoyed me. Now, how do people get a hold of you? I know you said www.branchesole.com. Even said that in the intro, and um, so you can, we can reach you on to, to get the quote of the day, or I believe it's I'm, I'm probably saying it wrong. It's thought of today. You can get that, and also um, your books, short stories, and also yep. articles. But how can the other yep. people? How can um, the listeners reach out? to you outside of going to www 
branchesolay.com, which I will also have down in the show description. Well, that's the easiest way. Um, mm-hmm. Just Google my name, Branch, like tree, I-S, like Sam, O-L-E. And that brings up my website, my YouTube channel, my books, my writings, my podcast, guest places, everything, all the links are, are right there. So just Branchy Soleil. I'm the only one, so you don't have to go through a lot of pages. <laughs> thing you pull up and that's got all the links for people who are interested in you know knowing more reaching out uh, sending questions comments just there's a link in the website for all of that and uh once you go to because I, when i went to branch east sole i did get uh forwarded to i believe it's man you publishing Mana, yeah manao publishing that's our publishing company okay that that's our home page uh, Okay. Okay. I don't want to be confused. No, they both go to the same place. Um, Well, thank you so much for for joining me. I really appreciate you being here and discussing relationships. Uh, Sometimes we don't have a chance to discuss um, relationships about from a spiritual um, perspective. And, you know, I can, I'm usually discussing relationships with people and they're like, no, no, no. Because they don't want to look at that. They don't want to look at the spiritual aspects of relationship. And like that's important as well, you know, to to um, that you, you do have to look at it from that perspective. I think it, um, your relationships will last longer if both individuals come to the relationship with that perspective. Um, but that's, you know, that's me. That's me and, and, and Branch. <laughs> How we feel about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, when you have that spiritual connection, it, it's a true connection. It goes deeper than what kind of car I have, what kind of house I have, you know, what, what I do for a living. It takes you to another level of intimacy, you know, with whoever you're involved with in your life, um, male, female, whatever. We all have that spirit within us. It's part of who we are. So we need to, to celebrate it, recognize it, and allow it to be part of who we are in our daily lives. Yes, I, I, tell, I definitely, definitely agree. Well, thank you. I hope we have a chance to talk in the future, and uh, I wish you well. What's up, DJ? What's up, brother? <laughs>